Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bone Shea. Come to you solo from my basement. I'm always here. <laughs> well, that's right. All oh, right, you're here. Uh, yeah, that's Alex, our producer. Alex is always here. But I do not have a co-host this time because it is a special episode that is um, five folks cluster around, I believe, one microphone. It is Dimity and Coach MK, both from the Train Like a Mother Club along with uh, Monica Knox and Anna Hernandez, two mother runners who are looking to qualify for Boston when they run Philadelphia. And they recorded the podcast before the race. They were also in the fifth person there uh, was Dr. Justin Ross, who is an exercise and sports psychologist in Denver, who's been on this show before. And they are all gathered around to uncover the mental side of their race prep and how to maximize their performance on marathon day. And next year, Dr. Justin Ross, or J. Rowe, as Dimity and MK say, and I, that always makes me think of Scooby-Doo, Alex, was saying J. Rowe. <laughs> J. Rowe. Um, yeah, exactly. Well, uh, so Justin, as I, I'll, I'll call him Dr. Justin, will be leading small group webinars in the Train Like a Mother Club, and those are going to be focused on the mental aspects of running. So motivation, goal setting, mental toughness, and race execution. So this is kind of a preview for those high-performance training sessions with Dr. Justin Ross, which are going to be happening in 2017 in our Train Like a Mother Club. So without further ado, here is J. Rowe, Dimity, Coach MK, Monica, and Anna, and then I will rejoin you after you hear from them. Hello, hello, Dimity here, and I am coming you coming to you today with, um, gosh, we're huddled around the microphone. There's five of us here, um, including Coach MK, and we are in the office of Dr. Justin Ross, who is a psychologist and the co-owner of Mind Body Health in Denver. Justin has been on the Another Mother Runner podcast as well as the Train Like a Mother podcast a handful of times, and we're excited to announce that he will be hosting small group webinar sessions in 2007 on common mother runner issues. Mental issues, I guess we can call it. Is that, is that an okay term? Mental yeah, issues? Absolutely. Be, <laughs> like right mental barriers and working on high performance, right? High too. performance, absolutely. Well, we're going to call them BAM or high performance, so it doesn't have a mental, you know, it doesn't have a tinge. But um, motivation is a big one, right? Um, goal setting is a big one, and mental toughness, and then race day prep, of absolutely. course. Yep. Um, and race day execution. Um, we wanted to give you a taste of what these webinars will be like, so we've invited two mother runners to join us today to talk about one of the topics, race day prep and execution. Both are trained by Coach MK here in Denver, but Justin's Bammer high performance training sessions will be open to all athletes from any of our Train Like a Mother programs, including the new triathlon challenges and traditional challenges as well. So um, next to me, to my left, is um, Ana Hernandez, who is a 44-year-old mother of one. Yes. Mr. Max, right? Mr. Max. Um, you are the co-founder of an education technology provider. Um, and then to your left is Monica. Hello. Monica Knox. Um, she's 39 and a registered nurse. You've got three boys. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing that you're sitting here right now. Because they go from me. 22 <laughs> to 11. Yes. Yes. Um, and you have run, so you both, you both, you guys are headed to Philly, mm -hmm. right? To the Philadelphia yep. Marathon in a couple of weeks. You have, Monica has run 16 marathons and two ultras. Yeah. So wow. this will be your 17th. <laughs> yes. Yes. She says with a smile on her face. And Anna, you are running your fourth in Philly. Yes. And you guys both have the same goal, which is what? To qualify for Boston. Nice. Mm -hmm. 
Different age groups, though, Different right? age groups, thankfully. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no competition here. <laughs> yeah. Anna's got um, a little bit, uh, we'll call it an easier yes. assignment, but yes. that easy is in air quotes, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. So let's start with you, Monica. Tell us, how did you get into running? Um, I got into running uh, probably about a good seven years ago when I decided to um, change my career and become a nurse. Um, I was a non-traditional student with three boys and a husband, and um, I was a bit overweight, although I felt like I looked fine, but I hated how I looked in pictures. So um, I decided that I, you know, would really need an outlet for the stress that going back to school would um, impede on my family. Sure. So I um, saw my friends training for the Indianapolis Marathon when I lived in, in, no, they were training for the mini. I lived in Indianapolis and they were dropping pounds. So I was like, I love running. I want to join them. I want in on that, right? <laughs> for sure, for sure. So started con- training consistently in 2011. Nice, nice. And you obviously got into it quickly. I mean, because that's yeah. seven years ago, 16 yeah, marathons. That's I mean, kind of how I roll. Um, she just hashtag all the races, huh? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all in. And for those of you that have been in the, the T Lamb Club or listening to the T Lamb podcast on SoundCloud, um, Monica is the 50 stater. I converted to speed. Yes. Thankfully. Okay. Wow, so you've done so. So is um, is Philly going to be another state for you? Yes, it will be. Nice. Yeah. So if nothing else, you'll get another state for sure, right? You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. And what about you? Um, how did you get into running, Anna? Um, I sort of dabbled always. Uh-huh. I didn't run much. I did, you know, like a few five Ks. I played soccer very casually growing up and through college. And then after I had my son, one of my friends wanted to do a half marathon, and then it got. I think it sold out, but I kept running anyway, and I just sort of, she kept tricking me into signing up for races that then she wouldn't do, and I just kind of got, I know, well, (laughs) then she would do some of them, and so, um, yeah, so it was, she laughs that she would do one and then be fine and done with it, and then I kind of got addicted, so. You got a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You got the hook. I did, yeah. Mm -hmm. I needed something to do to get out of the house when my human was small, and. Mm. Still feel like a human, human myself. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. All right. Well, so let's, I mean, so, so, you know, we, we know that you are physically primed to do, have a very solid, strong race in Philly, right? I mean, that, that you guys both look very fit, very, you're kind of glowing. You're in the taper right now. You're mm-hmm. feeling good. But the limiting factor, right, is there. What? Well, it could, you know, it could certainly be the mind, right? In, in terms of how you're thinking about the race or how your mental prep is going. And I think one, the first question I always have for people is how does your how does your training or your race history, how does that inform you for this training cycle? Like how did you set this goal uh, to, to run Philly with a Boston qualifier in mind? How did that come up for you, Anna? Um, for me, I think, you know, when I started training originally, I was injured a lot. And so I started training just thinking, I'd like to get through a marathon. My first marathon I was super injured going into. And I thought I just want to do a marathon where I'm not injured. And then I started getting faster. And so then I felt like I wanted to be Q. And then I just kept having these races that weren't, I felt like living up to what I had trained for. Mm. So I really, you know, decided to do Philly because I felt like I wanted to try to eliminate all the conditions that I felt were external that had been holding me back. And so going into it, I just chose it thinking timing wise, it was good. And, and I'm just so stubborn, and I really wanted to get this. I felt like I should be able to do this goal, and now I'm just going to keep trying until yeah. I do. I can't mm-hmm. get it out of my system yet. Yeah. So, but something really important there for you, right? This like this internal excitement about yeah. watching your times get faster and mm-hmm. faster, 
and then something hooked you into to thinking about Boston, like seeing what was possible. But yeah. can you talk about some of the external factors that, that have been there for you in the past couple of years that have been frustrating for you? Um, well, for me, I've had a lot of um, just physical issues, like a lot of stomach problems that were um, kind of holding me back. And then, t- you know, everybody knows time is super scarce. Um, so just trying to figure out, you know, I started a business also in the last two years. So I decided to just try to do everything crazy at the same time. <laughs> no idea what you're talking yeah, about. Go big. Uh, Go big. Right. Um, so, you know, it's been a lot of trying to juggle that and figure out what are the right, you know, how can I control all the variables that I can control mm-hmm. and then sort of not freak out if the ones that I can't control get me, which is what happened in my last race. It just was like out of my control and yeah. Mm-hmm. Your last race, and just was, we all know, it was grandma's. Was grandma's? Yeah. It was crazy hot. It was quite warm and humid at grandma's. And everybody had a terrible day up there. That it was, was a not race. a great race for all. Everyone yeah. I spoke with afterwards was at least was you know fifteen to twenty minutes off of their goal at the like high end people that normally do you know three fifteen mm-hmm. like uh so mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, Phil, this is your third attempt to BQ. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The Good. first one was New York City, right? About Correct. a year ago. Yes. Right. And what happened there? Then I was struck down with stomach issues. Mm-hmm. Okay. And sort of like not really knowing what to expect race wise. I mean, it was my first race was completely self trained, and I didn't really understand because I didn't grow up running on a team or anything. So I literally didn't understand the training plan. So it would tell me to do, like, tempo things. I just didn't know what that meant. Or it would, like, have words that I just decided not to even Google. So I sort of just did, like, however many minutes or miles it said to do. And so then when I did New York, I was training and training really hard for that. And then just a lot of stomach things. And then I didn't – I was, like, in the middle of a much more crowded crowd because when I signed up, I didn't have a time goal. So I just sort of, like – I'll put me in corral access. Yeah. I'm fine with that. No right. problem. I just sort of yeah. like put a time in and I was, it was really, inc- it was much denser than I thought it was mm-hmm. going to be. So there were, you know, a couple things there that mm-hmm. weren't what I was Limiting expecting. factors. Yeah. Right? External limiting factors. Right. For sure. Okay. And then Monica, how about for you? How did you come to this decision to pursue Boston? Um, well, <laughs> thankfully, Coach, um, I mean, I've always, I've run a lot of marathons, obviously, and it was in the back of my mind, but kind of, um, you know, I wanted to get all the states done. That was my Uh, big goal. Yeah, Yeah, you know, I mean, that's a a big goal for me. So um, I met Coach MK, and she was kind of like, so you just given up on speed, you know, because with all these states, you know, I mean, I did five four marathons in five a five-day period, you know, which... Holy cow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was but doing some really silly things prior to her. her <laughs> I was wow. doing some really silly mm-hmm. things, um, and yeah, definitely crumbled by injuries um, mm-hmm. in the process, but I definitely, I'm an old track star, you know, I mean, at least in my head, but I, you know, went to the Junior Olympics at one point and loved track and field so much that I wanted to get married on a track. I mean, uh-huh. loved it. Uh-huh. So... Yeah. I definitely have a love of speed, a love of competition and racing, but had no idea on my own once I decided to start pursuing, you know, all these um, races, what I had no idea about an approach whatsoever. So when I met her, she said, so you've given up on your speed. And I was like, heck no, like, and I didn't even realize it, but I had given up Mm -hmm. on my speed, Mm -hmm. you know, to pursue that because I didn't really believe in myself enough Uh to um, get that goal 
Got it. So I, for both of you, it's like it lit a fire. Yeah. Right? Like MK lit a fire for you about speed. Yes. Right? Speed plus marathon sort of equals Boston. Mm-hmm. Right? And so that became a thought, right? Mm-hmm. And so same with you, Anna, mm-hmm. right? You had this, like this fire was lit about watching your times get faster and then barrier after barrier by external factors has you, it, it seems like really excited about Philly in a couple of weeks. Yeah, very. It's, um, yeah, I'm excited. Now I'm, you know, this will be good to talk to you because how do I not get in my own head about, yeah. you know, because I have had, I feel like near misses a few times. And yeah. so I, you know. Well, so how do, how do you internalize that? I'm sure both of you, like you said, you've had stress fra- stress fractures, Monica and, and Ani, you've had these these races that didn't go to plan. Mm-hmm. What So what are the, the takeaways mentally from, from both of those things for each of you in terms of the mental barriers or the mental anxiety that, that happens? Boy, that's a good question. I think, um, this is Anna, I think for me... Um, part of it is just sort of accepting that there are things beyond my control. So I know that, especially while I was running grandma's and the flags started coming out and they were, you know, telling people to slow down on the course, there was, it was almost nice to just sort of switch race plans mid race and Mm -hmm. say, well, this is out of my control now. Mm -hmm. Um, but now that it's sort of been twice, I worry a little bit that I'm, you know, something else will come up and I'll be like, ah, now it's out of my control. I guess I'll slow down. <laughs> Third time's you know, the charm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I do worry about that a little bit from a mental okay. perspective because I, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it's daunting, right? I mean, there's a reason that people try to Boston qualify. It's hard. It's not like you can just go out and, mm-hmm. I mean, some people can, but I'm not mm-hmm. those people. Right. So for me, you know, I want it, I really want to hit that goal. And I'm, you know, now that all my physical stuff is sort of coming together, I have to make sure that. Yeah. I don't psych myself out. Well, and for you, it's like the, the psych yourself out part could be the giving yourself permission right. to slow it down, to, to turn off. Right. To oh, turn... there's a patch of ice or it's kind of windy. Right. Okay. <laughs> My so stomach is, that... is rumbling. Right. Oh, what does that mean? I mean, <laughs> right. Oh, well, you know? yeah, no, yeah. yeah. And is that what it would be like some kind of, the way I think about it is like appraising the situation. So you see ice on the road or the flags right. are blowing and the appraisal would be, well, I guess I can back down or, or what would be the specifics in your mind? I don't know. I mean, maybe okay. I think, I don't know. I guess I'll, I, I haven't really thought through what that might look like on race day. Cause this, I mean, it's been like the first time it was so obvious, like, wow, I'm doubled over in pain. Yeah. I should walk. <laughs> right. Right. I can't keep going. And then the second one was like, it was Everybody it was so obvious there was something like on the you know, in the course conditions that everybody was slowing down. So it right. wasn't. So you know, I to, think it's making to jump in there. Sorry if that's uh-huh. okay. Like I think there's something really important there, right? Because there's a there's a big difference between pain mm-hmm. and heat, like something very tangible and right. very real, versus something that's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. right? And what you do in your mind in that moment is going to be a big impact in terms of what comes next right right so if you have that like like you're saying dimity like oh this doesn't feel good and in your mind you say well the bad things are coming you're probably going to slow down right so it's like understanding that delicate balance and then understanding what to do with the discomfort when it comes because in a marathon it's going to come oh yeah you have to expect that it's it's going to be uncomfortable at some point right so what do we do well, we'll, we'll <laughs> but I want to hear from Monica. So. Well, I mean, I've, you know, ha- this is Monica, of course, and I've had the, you know, a bit of a pleasure of working with you um, one time already. Um, one of the important things that you told me that I've kind of held on to, and I don't know if you'll get into this, but it's that I can handle this mm. um, is kind of something I'll hold on to. Um, that'll, you know, because I had, you know, previously um, hit a pretty nice PR in February and that race felt freaking awesome until mile 20. 
But Mm -hmm. up until about mile 20, that race felt awful. I mean, awesome. Mm -hmm. So I do have this fear that, you know, mile three into this race, I'm like, what? You know, like if it doesn't feel exactly the same way, you know, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, it's like you reflect on previous experiences. And I think that's important. But, you know, I definitely um, have a little bit of that fear, mm-hmm. as I mentioned to you. Yeah. Yeah. The, and it starts, the fear generates from like a what if thought. Yes. Like, ah, what if by mile three, I'm already feeling like it was mile 20 in New yeah. Orleans for you, right? What do I do then? Mm-hmm. Right. So part of what's helped you through that is just this, this thought, right? Yes. This, this switching thought that I can handle it. Yes. It's going to be okay. Yes. Okay. So both of you, I think are hitting on something really important, right? That, uh, there's a mental piece about appraisal that goes into this, mm-hmm. whether it's like the conditions, eh, I don't like the looks of this, or something physical, like, eh, I don't like the way this feels. Mm-hmm. And again, what you do with that thought in the moment is going to be a really big impactor in terms of what comes next. I want so, to know what's in the back of your head in that moment. Mm-hmm. I want to know the parts of this. I want to hear the parts of the story you two are conveniently leaving out about yourselves because they're the best part about what's going on in the back of your head when a soccer game is going to be called. Oh, look at these conditions. We're not going to have to play. Oh, and part of you is already kind of checking out, and there's something um, why you didn't actually end up going back to the um, Junior Olympics, what kind of got in your way, and what kind of rings in the back of your head in that moment when you think, well, of course I'm not going to do what I came here to do. Um... Well, I mean, I would be severely disappointed. I'm not going to be, like, happy about that. Um, I mean, you no, know. No, no, but it's that confirmation bias we all kind of deal with. I am that thing they always said I was. Oh. I am all, I am, I am. So, of course, why, why push hard? I'm already, I've already failed. It's, that it's, it's almost like recognizing failure before you've had a chance to fail. I'm gonna, this, is, this, this isn't going to happen and backing away a little mm-hmm. too quickly. A lot of us tend to do it, especially overachievers. Well, yeah, I mean, I definitely have those fears that, um, that I mean, one of my, you know, definite, definite weaknesses is that I'm super hard on myself. So, um, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know. It's a good one. Something to think about. Well, so what, what are your biggest, like, what, okay, first of all, what do you think are some mental strengths that you do have? Like, what do you think that you do well when, what, when mile 20 hit in New Orleans and you set your PR, mm-hmm. what did you do? Did you... Fight through it? What'd you do? I mean, I did fight through it. It was painful. But, yeah, I mean, I was, you know, disappointed and, you know, um, angry with myself. So, wait, so did you PR in Orleans? I did You PR, did? So, but you were yourself up, that you, did you let yeah. yourself off the hook? Well, I didn't, I mean. PR'd massively I, in New Orleans. Let's be clear. Yeah. That was a big And, I mean, PR. I was almost at a sub four. I was on part of sub four. Okay. So, yeah, and then mile 20, I just, you know. Um, kind of blew it for there. But I, you know, I try to keep things positive um, with the way I feel. I mean, I, you know, wasn't able to go to the Junior Olympics because I ended up pregnant in high school, you know, and I had a kid and life got in the way. And there's things like, you know, I mean, there's definitely some self-sabotage and things, I guess, within my life that seem to, you know, get in the way. What, what's the name for them? I don't know. But yeah, there's definitely, you know, some are, self-sabotage and things that won't get in the way. Are those can. are those things tangible for you? I mean, like, can you, by that I mean, like, can you mm-hmm. vocalize them? Are you in touch with them? Are they there but under the surface? Probably more under the surface, mm-hmm. I would think. Um, you know, I with uh, the thing that happened in New Orleans, I didn't practice my nutrition, like my fueling strategy. Mm-hmm. You know, MK has something kind of special, and I work with the nutritionist, Ellie, that um, people may be familiar with, but 
I didn't even, I mean, like now I've got in touch with it, but I didn't even mm. put a thought to it. I won't often look at race courses because yeah. I'm just mm. like, you know, we're here, you know, Coach MK puts together these elaborate reports where she knows where all these dog legs are. And I'm like, what? I mean, like, I don't even look at a map. Right, right. <laughs> I, don't even, I mean, literally, I don't, I might look at the elevation. Otherwise, I mean, otherwise it's just like, ooh, that one looks pretty or that one looks cool. I mean, I just don't even care, you know, right. sometimes. So, well, you know, that, maybe think, some self-sabotage okay. that goes into it, you know. But that, I think that speaks to goals, though, as well, mm-hmm. right? You had said going into New Orleans, you didn't have a time goal. You wanted to run well. Yeah, I didn't have a time goal, but Coach MK said I can do these three things. So, you know, I definitely wanted to do those three things, and I hoped one of those things would have been a sub four. I knew mm-hmm. I wasn't going to necessarily qualify for Boston. We were hoping, uh-huh. but I think I was pretty prepared that it may not happen. That wasn't the expectation okay. um, at that time, but I didn't expect to perform as well as I did. And then when I saw that I was able to, yeah, you know, then goals changed during yeah, that's, the race. Again, like igniting that fire. That's what gave you the idea. Yeah. Like, wait a second, this is possible for mm-hmm. me. And then I think from there that changes, that then changes your perception on the race. Like, okay, now I should maybe look at the race course and think about what's coming and yeah. be prepared both physically and mentally yes. for certain parts. Yes. And I think, you know, MK's talking about the, this idea that our backgrounds have a big impact in terms of how we're functioning in mm-hmm. ways that are conscious and also sort of subconscious. Especially for a person that's always on the cusp of, I could have been amazing. Mm-hmm. And then every time they face with that moment of actualizing it, the second it gets a little hard, they'd rather have that story, I could have been rather than I failed. And I kind of wonder, I know you, you think it's not on the surface, mm-hmm. but I hear a lot of it mm-hmm. when we talk or when you're in those moments when you're really being way too hard on yourself. Okay. What I, and, I, and I try to call you out on that and bring you back. Like, you yeah. almost went to the Junior Olympics. You are, that thing that makes you, that is proof positive that you've been a badass your whole life mm-hmm. and a really good athlete your whole mm-hmm. life, it's, it's the one thing that kind of didn't happen mm-hmm. and, sent, and that... It's that paradox there. Okay. I feel a, like you're always on the precipice of it. That's a, okay, so that's a, that's a mental barrier that, obviously, that's, that she needs to tackle at some point, maybe. Okay. Yeah. You, you, you might see more clearly than she sees, even, right? Because right. you're looking objectively at her stats, and then also you know her background, right? Right, absolutely. Well, and that's, but, I think, the beauty, sorry to jump in, like, yeah. that's the beauty of, of working closely with a coach, yeah. right? Is I think for it, when we get at this end, and I think this is sort of like the one percenters, right, in the room, people really chasing tough goals that it all has to come together right you have to work with somebody like mk who can not only understand the physiology and create the the race plan but get to know the person right to get to know that okay these may be the subtle under cues or this under subtle underbelly that that goes into how you think about things even if you're not fully aware of that in the moment right and all of those little factors really stack up so that in a couple weeks when you're at philly you're you're there and you're ready to rock and there's nothing holding you back except for you potentially right yeah Hi, y'all. We're going to take a quick break to hear from a partner. Stay with us to continue this conversation with Justin, MK, Monica, and Anna. What about you, Anna? What do you think are some of your strengths and some of your <clears throat> mental barriers that um, you like look to Philly? Yeah, so I think um, I'm just really a stubbornness. I like to think of as a strength. I don't know that everyone in my family would agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just feel like I get very focused on a goal. And I can, if I fail at that goal or don't succeed at that goal, I'll, I don't just sort of not have that goal anymore. Mm. Um, do you did, feel disappointed in that? I do feel uh-huh. disappointed. Yeah, I do. More in, oh yeah, I'm playing with my can, making noise. Sorry about that. Um, 
Yeah, I think, especially after New York, I was really disappointed, mostly because I had never raced before, really. I've never, you know, as I, I didn't grow up running, I didn't do track, I didn't do races. And so that was the first time I felt like I'd really tried and done sort of the things that I needed to do to race. And then it didn't go at all. I mean, it was like mm-hmm. so far off my plan. It was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So that was really disappointing. And at the very end of that race, I was completely done and, you know, was mm-hmm. talking over and over again that day about I'm never going to do this again. I tried as hard as I could and then it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, but that didn't last, obviously. Um, I think for me, a big sort of mental barrier that I have is that I don't tend to think of myself as a really strong athlete mm. because of all those things, because I wasn't, mm-hmm. I mean, I just really started running air quotes seriously like five years ago. So it's not like in my DNA to be a runner. So, and nobody in my family is really into sports or, or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I've always sort of done it as another thing, but never seriously. So I think for me, thinking of myself as somebody who can do this and and BQ is like that is different for me that's never been my yeah thing yeah and that's a big thought shift Mm -hmm. right away from like I am not a runner to well maybe I am a runner right right so like if you had to answer that like as an athlete or as a runner I am what how how would how do you answer that question I am what I don't know I probably would say I am a runner okay um I just you know I always you know then I always think well I'm not as good a runner as so-and-so, or okay. I'm not, you know, like, I haven't done this forever, and I haven't. You know, I used to avoid, I played soccer for years, but I would hide in the building uh-huh. during long runs so I didn't have to do them. Like, you would do the whole practice, and then <laughs> we'd have to do a long run around campus, yeah. and I knew which dorms I could hang out in, uh-huh. <laughs> that they would cross one side and then cross the other side uh-huh. so that I didn't have to. So I've never, like, distance has never been my thing. Well, what so. were you but, telling me on Saturday, though? Which thing? During our long run. About how you could sprint all day long. Oh, yeah. I can sprint, and I'm fine. I can, you know, I can play uh-huh. 90 minutes of soccer and sprint back and forth the whole time, and that's all good. Uh-huh. But the idea of, like, I've just never been a... The disconnect between the soccer yeah. field and a marathon course. Right. Yes. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. It's never like need I, a sub. I am a runner, but I'm not as good a runner as these other people. Right. Or, or I, I think, think I'm a shorter distance runner or uh-huh. whatever. And so, like, becoming, like, I'm a marathon runner. It's, yeah. It's been a big, like, oh... Right. And I think that's actually really important is to understand the like how you answer the I am mm-hmm. and the I am not. Right. Right. Because those they're subtle things again, but they can have a big impact when you're trying to do something like qualify for Boston. Right. And if it's if the thought is even there a little bit of I'm not I'm not really a marathon or I'm not really a strong a runner in distances, that's going to creep in just a little bit. Right. So being really firm with yourself and positive about like I am. Uh, related to, you know, Philly is going to be really key for you. Right. And I try when I'm doing my, you know, speed work in the middle of the week and I'm miserable because it's one of those really hard runs. I always think to myself, like, I can do anything for X number of miles. I can do anything for the next 10 minutes. I can do anything for the next four mm-hmm. miles or something. So I try to convince that's, that's myself of thought. that as that's well. That's actually really important, right? Like, I can do anything for, you know, the next hour or for right. the next... 15 miles right. right that sounds crazy but when you're in pain maybe right. <laughs> like to be able to connect to that I thought if I can do this for 15 more miles is really key yeah it's it really relates Monica to what you had said right like that uh, that I can tolerate this yes I can handle this I can handle this I can handle yeah. this yeah I well, love that so is there, is there things that they should be practicing right now Justin that they I mean I know we're like I said they're kind of going into their taper but I mean, there are probably some things that, I mean, even just repeating to yourself, I'm a runner, right, during yeah. those hard times, or what, what, like, 
casting forward, I mean, I know, and we're kind of glossing over a little bit because we'll go deeper in these webinars into kind of background and goals and why you pick certain goals, but we want to kind of give an overview of everything that, that kind of have a, have bookends on right. today's podcast, yeah, have sure. a beginning and an end. So as, as they kind of head into Philly in their taper, what can they do right now to assure a really solid race? Yeah. Well, a question for both of you. What are you doing already? What, what are you doing right now to make sure you're getting prepared mentally? Um, this is Monica. I've taken up meditation, <laughs> mm-hmm. which um, is kind of hard for a person like me because I can't, I don't even watch television because I can't sit still for 30 minutes. Um, I've got shows backing up on the DVR. So, um, what, so how do you watch TV? I'm just curious. I, mean, I walk around <laughs> like my husband, bless his heart. We were trying to watch a show and I was like walking around. I'm trying to eat dinner too. I mean, I can't, I can't stay still. It's not your thing. It's just okay. really hard for me to stay still. So, so how's meditation going? Meditation's going really well. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, um, going really well because I'm also, um, a bit of an anxious person and easily stressed person. So although. So, um, I've been told that, and, and I've been told that, you know, even it's going to be something I have to do consistently, you know, several days a week. It's not like something I can do one time where, you know, I, I can't even, I can't think of a good analogy now, but it's something That's I have awesome. to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have to keep doing it. So I've been, um, doing that and I think it's making a difference. I mean, there's just been things that have happened and I'm just like, whatever, you know, like I'm just feeling like more relaxed. So, um, I'm trying to keep the stress levels down, mm-hmm. um, cause that's not good for us. That's just going to inflame, inflame me. Mm-hmm. And, um, but meditation has been a really big thing as far as, you know, definitely something I never would have considered also. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a uh, big, big believer in meditation. I talk about it with uh, everybody that I work with for a couple of reasons, right? So one, you're exactly right. It, it helps calm down that stress response, mm-hmm. which, you know, the stress response leads to more inflammation in the body, which is not something you want right now. Yeah. So it's also going to lead to squirrely thoughts in your mind, right? And if we're afraid or if we're anxious, we have a tendency to look at what's going to go wrong, right? And we tend to believe those things. So if you can work on the body and calm that response, then the mind is also a little bit more calm and crisp to develop and deliver those like really positive messages, so those things are really, really important. And then the last thing I think is important about meditation is that it helps us create this, like what I, what I call deep focus, right? That ability to kind of tunnel in and really focus on, in, in the moment, what we're experiencing in our bodies and in our minds. But come race day, like that deep focus is really, really important, um, especially in the later miles, yeah. right? To be able to focus on what you're doing and what you're setting out to accomplish. And then for both of you, if you tie that into the meaning for this, like what Boston means and what you have the opportunity to go and do, and you have deep focus towards the end of the race, uh, you're going to do great things, right? And so that's the whole package. You put that all together, and I think that becomes a really nice little race plan. So, um, well, okay, a little bit of comic relief. I'm reading the Amy Schumer book right now, The Girl with a Lower Back Tattoo. She meditates twice a day for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Really? I know you, wouldn't have, you would not have thought that. No, it, it, was really, it was really interesting. Um, she's, a, she's an introvert, um, and uh, it's, it was super... It was a good little chapter uh, among some other chapters that are, you know, not so good, but that's okay. Um, so, um, but anyway, but I'm curious. So, so you've been meditating. Have you thought about your race at all though? Have you thought like, oh, gosh, yes. Yes. And so like, when you think about it, what do you think about? Um, I am trying to think about, um, crossing the finish line and, you know, having that time, you know, seeing the time that I want to see. Um, I'm thinking about how I, you know, how, 
I might feel during each mile. I mean, I've I've calmed down being obsessed about it, but I think about it. I mean, I think probably fifty percent of my thoughts. Are so probably, don't be embarrassed. I mean, that's you're in taper, and you've been thinking about it for a long. I mean, you've been focusing even, on it. Even I mean, you know? yeah, even before taper. I mean, I just get a little obsessed with it. So it's of course the closer it gets, you know. But I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to kind of scale it back. But yeah, I um. But you hadn't looked at the course map. No, but I have you to, like, break it all down for me, so now I don't have to. <laughs> what were you obsessing over, if not, like, the teeny, the, the, the hill in mile eight yeah, and a half definitely. that we don't have to deal with, uh-huh. or, like, that incline at mile 25? Am I doing what I need to do to reach my goal, you know? So, is what I'm putting in my body right now. This meal is how, you know, oh, I have this thing, like, where I ate a Justin's peanut butter cup every day. <laughs> one a day. One, but I was like, oh, that's just going to be the detriment of me. You know, things like that. Or, you know, so a lot of the thoughts, you know, what am I doing in this moment? How is that going to affect my, you know, race? Don't get stressed out because you got to keep things calm. I mean, you know, just but these. Let's, let's look at that, right? Okay. I want to pull on that for a second, sure. right? Because I think... Um, Everything happens twice, mm-hmm. right? It first happens in the mind, mm-hmm. and then it happens in reality. And no more so than in athletics, right? We, we go through these things first in our thoughts, and then we carry them out on race day. And so one of the things that's happening for you is there's a, there's a lot of fear and anxiety. Yeah, that's right? our role. For yes, sure. And it's anxiety. like the thoughts like start with either like, what if? Uh-huh. Like, ah, what if this happens? Or am I? Like, yes. am I doing something right or wrong yes. in this moment? And that becomes the obsessive part, right? Yes. There, there's there's a great opportunity there for you, right? Because you can take your thoughts and you can channel them in really positive, proactive ways. And it goes back to trust, mm-hmm. right? Trusting that you've been you've been kicking ass for months, yeah. right, on this training plan, right? You've been following coach's orders. Mm-hmm. You've got the diet dialed in. Mm-hmm. You're really working on the mental game. You have to trust that what you're doing is going to lead to your success. And so it's it's not about not having these anxious thoughts. They're going to happen. You cannot stop that from starting, but you can decide what you do with them when they when they occur. And as long as you focus on that and you're you, you hit it eighty percent of the time, you're going to be in a really good place. Awesome. What about you, Anna? What have you um, like when you cast forward t- two weeks from now or so? What how are you how have you prepared for it? You know, it's funny. I was sort of mentioning this when I came in. This race has completely snuck up on me. I, I was, I wrote a note to MK the other day where I feel like I missed my really hard week because I've been training because of running grandmas in June. I feel like I've been training forever. So I sort of, it sort of came and went. And then I realized the next week that it was over. And so I sort of haven't been, I, I typically do obsess quite a bit about these things. And this one I'm almost a little worried I haven't been thinking about it enough. Like, I have a half marathon coming up this weekend, and I've been thinking about that, but more from, like, a logistical perspective. And I've been really trying to—I've been having more diet issues, so I've been really working on my diet. And then—but the race, the fact that it's in—what is it, two weeks? 15 days. I I, I swear to you, it's, like, not even in my consciousness yet. Like, I have a feeling in about a week— I'm going to freak out maybe because I haven't been thinking about it. It's mm-hmm. just sort of, I know it's coming, but it's already November and yeah, it's, the fall's it's, gone quickly. Yeah. So, so what well, can they do, Justin? Yeah. So I think for, for Anna, one yeah. of the things, I mean, good awareness there, right? Like, okay, I haven't been thinking about it. It hasn't been bothering me, mm-hmm. but I expect maybe in a week it's going to hit me pretty hard. So that's your opportunity to say, okay, today I need to give this mental attention. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do it in a very specific way where I'm going to be positive and I'm going to think about things being 
proactive and going well, and I'm going to rehearse that mental game plan in my mind. Right. Right. So that it doesn't sneak up on you in a week and you're like, uh oh, what, what is this anxiety that I'm feeling? Right. Because it almost, I almost thought when I realized that I'd missed my really hard week, like, oh no, I must not, and I didn't miss it, I did it. Like, I must not have pushed myself hard enough. Like, mm-hmm. if I didn't feel completely destroyed, oh no, I, you know, did I miss the opportunity? Am I, did I not? train as hard as I should have. So I'm, yeah. that hit me briefly. And so that, that I think is the thing that I'm going to have yeah. to squash down so, with well, positive thinking. Every, you both said it, right? And everybody has that when it comes to the taper. The question is, oh boy, did I do enough? Right. Did I do enough? Did I hit the hard workouts? Did I, you know, did I approach them the way I, I needed to, to be ready? And again, in that moment, mentally, you can either trust the training and trust the process, or you can get worried about it. Right. And I can tell you this, like getting worried about it serves you no good. Right. And yet it's like the hardest thing in the world to just stop. So that's where it's like really taking the mental focus and going back and really trusting yourself that you've done what it takes and uh, and that you're going to be prepared. Okay. Well, so they are they they're going to do some work. I mean, visualization, I think mm-hmm. uh, you uh, meditation obviously is big. Uh, you and Amy Schumer. Is it uh-huh. too late? Do you know her? Is it too no, late I, to start oh, meditating? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. What about visualization? Is, does that yeah. go along with meditation in your mind? Yeah, it, it absolutely can. I mean, okay. I think there's a lot of different ways to play with, with meditation and visualization. I think when it comes to visualization for race day, it's usually a couple of things. Like, one, it's about, you know, for chasing Boston qualifying time, like, picturing that number in your mind, right? And just thinking about crossing the tape or crossing the finish line with that number right there. Two, it's about visualizing yourself in a way like not having a perfectly comfortable race like that's that's going to set you up for failure it's about picturing yourself being uncomfortable at some point but then responding beautifully right to be able to respond with that strength and that resiliency and picturing that right kind of feeling knowing you're racing and knowing when that happens getting a feel for when that may occur right and for most people it's sort of later in the race right but going through that in your mind like okay here's what's i'm expecting to happen here's how i'm going to respond to that and practicing that, practicing that, practicing that, right? It happens first in the mind, and then it happens second on race day. And, you know, the more you can create in your mind that strength and that resolution, the more you're going to do it when it really matters most, right? So those are the types of things that I think right now, two weeks out, are really critical for you guys to practice. Love it. All right. So so we're standing on the starting line. Again, yeah. we're, we're condensing this a little bit. So Monica and Anna are, you know, wearing their best outfit. They got their bib on. They are so freaking psyched. What are they doing because their adrenaline is rushing, the crowd is all around them, the music is pumping, and they're like, oh my God, I've got to, I've got to perform. I've mm-hmm. got to perform. Yep. What, are they, what are they doing, first of all, just at the starting line? Yeah, well, I, again, question for both of you. What, so what is that like? You know, starting line, big race, what is your experience? What typically happens? Um, this is Anna. I think for me, I, I really like starting lines. I like the energy at them. My biggest thing at a starting line is just, I just tell myself over and over, don't go too fast. Don't go too fast. So I'm kind of, you know, it's kind of like talking myself, like, because I get so excited. Mm-hmm. I want to just run and chase after everybody and yeah. like not doing that. So I'm sort of like usually working through what my strategy is for the race okay. and, you know, reading whatever I've written on my arm. What do you around. usually write on your own? I usually write time goals or mileage goals. Okay. Um, and then I have a tattoo that reminds me of my son on my arm, so I think about that too and just, you know, like 
he's always proud of me, so that's good. It always yeah. makes me feel good because I write it on the same arm, which is a lot to look at, but it's uh-huh. <laughs> <That's> hilarious. <laughs> but I, so important, right? Mm-hmm. Again, I think, um, and Monica will hear from you in a second, but I think like connecting to excitement, mm-hmm. connecting to the race plan mentally, and then connecting to community. Right, which will both like in terms of the the corral and the people, but also the important people in your life. Right, and like having that gratitude at the start line is is really important. We'll we'll talk more about that in a second. Monica, what do you do at the start line? Um, at the start line, I'm usually pretty nervous and anxious, <laughs> and that, um, that's a surprise. I know, right? <laughs> Shocker. Um, and but my plan going around, my plan this time is to actually consider doing some meditation. Coach MK had mentioned how. During the Star Spangled Banner, she has a little meditation piece. I may actually listen to one of the um, apps that I have mm-hmm. and contemplate doing that. Because, I mean, I'm going to be, I don't know, I'd like to think. I'm a very overall positive person considering uh, my anxiety. <laughs> but um, I definitely know that, you know, I may have a big goal ahead of me, that there will be some nerves and anxiety involved. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's how I plan to kind of. Yeah. dial that in is by doing a little bit of meditating and Good. you know warming up um yeah yeah I, I think that's really important right and again it starts by being aware of mm-hmm. what your process is mm-hmm. for you both have similar ideas but they're also different right so maybe you have a tendency to get more amped up and more anxious whereas yes. Anna has a tendency to get more excited and ready to just go right but whatever you do to like calm that response at the beginning is really important I do think meditation in the corral can be really cool Um, I, you know, I wrote a blog about it that I'm happy to share with everybody. It's a bit of a long process, but, um, like real quickly, what I think about doing is like, if everybody will do it, just you take your hand and you start by putting it over your belly button. And there's a reason for that. Like one, it starts to shift the focus away from the mental energy and it puts you in contact with your body. So you just start with this when you're in the corral, you have your hand on your belly button and you work on just taking slow, deep breaths, right? So you do that. And then you go through the race plan, right? Like in very crisp, I am language, right? I am not going to go out too fast. Mm -hmm. I am strong and ready for today. You go through like very positive statements, okay? Um, And then from there, what I want you guys to do is I want you to connect to what's around you, right? That gratitude practice, right? Being grateful to be connected to this community, right? Where, you know, we have the opportunity to chase some really cool goals, right? right? We're all really, really fortunate to be able to do this. So to bring gratitude, to say that in your mind, I am grateful for being here today. I'm grateful for this community. And then like to be really grateful for the people in your life that matter, right? Grateful for, for Coach MK for getting you guys here. Yes, definitely. Right? Grateful for your families, right? You've got a great reminder on your arm. I'm grateful for my son, right? The more you connect to that, everybody's smiling right now in yeah. my office, no, it's right? it's true, yeah. I mean, like, think about that when you need it. You need yeah. that at the race start, right? That's going to help you bring down that anxiety. And like I said, there's more points to that to think about that I'll share on my blog um, because it can be a little bit extended practice, but those are the key points that I think are are most important. Okay, so let's fast forward. We've gone through the Star Spangled Banner. We're off. You know, the first race has kind of flown by as it does in a marathon when you're running well. Um, Let's say they hit the halfway point. Let's say one of them hits the halfway point before they're supposed to, right? So they're going too fast. And that's Monica. And Anna has is a couple minutes slower mm-hmm. than what she's supposed to be to, to get a Boston qualifying time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What what do each of them do in the middle of that race? They still have 13.1 miles to rectify the situation. Yep. How are they mentally, what, what's the mental plan there? Ladies, what are your thoughts? 
Well, first of all, let, let me. Can I ask a different question? Sure. Is that okay? What? So, what is your mental prep for the race? How do you approach it? Do you think about it by, like, there's a half and there's a finish. There's, I think about it mile by mile. I think about it by time. How do you go into it? The same. I'm thinking about it, Asana, hour by hour. Good. So, like, first hour, X number of miles, second hour, X number of miles. Um, so you chunk it. Yeah, and I'm all about the average time on my watch. I try not to look at the per lap mile too much, or the per whatever that is, the per lap average, time. Average, yeah. Yeah, because I'm, I, uh, once I discovered the average setting on my watch, then I, I'm sort of more managing against that mm-hmm. than trying to figure out from mile to mile because that's just too much for me to right. deal with. Okay. So chunking it by hour, that's important. We'll mm-hmm. talk about that in a second. Yeah, and I mean, I would probably approach, have that same strategy. I haven't quite figured that out. I mean, generally, I actually would have approached it, I think, um, mile by mile, but I will definitely be changing that yeah. strategy. Um, and I think mo- so. most people approach the race mile by mile, yeah. and, and here's where that backfires. So that's a lot to chunk in mm-hmm. your mind. That's 26 bits of information to chunk mentally. That's way too much. If you can chunk it into four parts the mind deals with that so much easier, right? I have, you know, the first hour, the second hour, the third hour, and then the fourth bit, which is, you know, 45, 55 minutes, right? And that really helps. It takes away the mental fatigue that can occur by saying, there's one, there's two, there's 17, there's 19, there's only five more to go. And it really plays into that thought that both of you had earlier, which is I can do anything for 55 minutes, Right. right? Which is true. If you connect to that, come the end of the race, you're in a great spot. It also then, you know, back to Dimity's question, like if things aren't on target for some point in the race, then the question is, how do you respond to that? Whether you're going too fast or you're going too slow, what, what's the mental approach there for each of you? I mean, I definitely, if I'm going too fast, um, I'm going to, you know, back it off and, you know, just try to stay positive, hoping that, you know, I haven't burnt up, you know, gas and... Mm-hmm try to bring myself down and, you know, mm-hmm. approach it a little bit differently, slow down. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've ever found myself in an I'm going too fast situation. Yeah, that's that, right. Yeah. Going too slow situation. I tend to, like, if I'm being honest, I stress out about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I'm off. Okay, what does this mean? I have to adjust my plan. Mm-hmm. Can I can I make it up? Like I do start doing some mental gymnastics that are mm-hmm. probably not awesome, mm-hmm. but that is I think that's very what common. I, I don't, like for sure. being honest. I mean, yeah. that's what everybody does, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, oh no, that's what we I do. Thought, you got four right. hours out there, and all you have is numbers in your head, right? And More time, right? Yeah. You've got a lot of time to just let wheels go. So yeah. I do when I do find that I'm off, then I start thinking ahead. Well, is there a, a makeup point that I am going to hit? You know, trying to understand. The other things I've prepared for, can I make this up at the end? Is there a downhill coming that I forgot about? Like, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Mm-hmm. But I do start, I think, overthinking it if I'm, that's probably how I phrase it. Probably yeah. start overthinking Start it. overthinking, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I think one of the strategies there is just connecting to this thought of, oh, I'm in control. Okay. Right? And again, if you're, it, people really get lost when they're trying to chunk 26 miles. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, crap, I was supposed to run mile three at this time, and I was off by 17 seconds. Oh, boy, what do I do mm-hmm. in mile four? Like, right. eh, bad strategy, right? But if you have a one-hour mark that you're supposed to hit, you have so much more flexibility in getting there, right? And then that thought of, I am in control here. I'm in control of pace. I'm in control of my breathing. I'm in control of, you know, paying attention to my body. That's going to be really helpful as well. 
Okay. All right. So um, it's all they're all executing well, by the way. This is not going to happen at all. You guys are going <laughs> to nail it. But but like as we talked about, and this is where I think it is. I think this is the six million dollar question. It hurts. It hurts a lot. And I don't, you know, and, and we, this is going to apply to whether you are going to run a five hour and 30 minute marathon yeah. or a three minute and 30, or three hour and three 30 minute. minute, or three minute marathon. If well, you can do that, it's going to hurt like a mother. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but th- th- at some point, you are going to want to stop. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's your body giving up, your mind just being done, the sun blaring on you for too long, the wind wearing you down, whatever it is, and that goal that is you know, so crisp in your mind sitting here in this office is not going to mean as much to you when you're just like, I'm done. I don't want this anymore. I don't, you know, and and I'm putting words in your mouth, but I think that's a pretty common I think thing. We've all, I mean, I've been yeah. there personally. I think yeah. we've all been there. If you, if you've run races and you're running at a, at a goal pace, it, it's going to really be. Yeah. So your goal pace again, like, you know, we're talking to Boston qualifiers here and we're talking about, or want to be Boston qualifiers. We're talking about a four hour marathon, but it's the same the same thing applies if you're trying to break five hours in the marathon or two hours and 30 minutes in the half marathon. I mean, it's really not about the speed. It's about pushing your limit a little bit past what is comfortable, but what you are physically capable of, maybe not mentally. And that's where we want to help you is get to that mental part. This is where the coach jumps in. That's where the negative self-talk starts, whether or not you're paying attention to it. Why am I even here? I'm not an athlete. Why am I even trying this? You know, I always get in my own way. What am I doing? And then you can all of a sudden, like, as soon as it gets a little hard, you start creating a new narrative that doesn't involve you actualizing your goal. It's what what you're going to put on your Facebook page and explain to people about (laughs) why why this isn't working. Why it didn't work. As opposed to the biggest tool I want to give everyone that I coach, or even if I don't coach you yet, like, I want you to hear my annoying, horrible voice in the back of your head. In that moment where you say, I can't do this. Yes, you can. <laughs> that's drowning out any of that negativity that's in there. So even if, yeah. if you don't have it. Okay, so if you don't have a pocket have MK on your shoulder, <laughs> you've got Justin in your head. Justin, what are, what are you doing at that point? What am I yeah. doing? What are these guys doing when you, when you see that goal kind of, you know, you see that pacer slipping away. You see that your will to hang at that pace is right. just not there. Yeah, well... T- Two cliche quotes come to mind that I, that I like a lot. One is like, acceptance beats suppression every single time. So again, you have to accept that it's it's going to be uncomfortable. You can't pretend that it's not, mm-hmm. and that's really important at the at the outset. And two, um, I, I can't. I always screw up who said it, but the the quote is whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Yeah. So when that thought creeps in, oh, I can't do this any longer. You're gonna just slowly back off the gas, and you're gonna actualize that. Right. So again, it like it, it comes back to each of you. So. What, what do you do in that moment? What have you done? What's worked for you in the past? Push through. This is Monica. Um, just push through. I um, like to reflect on lots of other hard things that I've done mm-hmm. um, in my life. I've done a lot of hard things. I do hard things often. So I just reflect back to, you know, I mean, I keep like a little pocket, <laughs> yeah. you know, of all these other hard things that I do, yeah. that I've done, uh-huh. knowing that I can do this. Right. I, you know. And you, you, do you visualize those things? Do you say those things? I don't say them. I, you know, kind of just, you know, talk in my, talk to my, you know. I you just, picture them. I, they, like, sort of yeah. come up for you. Yeah. You know, I think about what, all the hard stuff I've done. And mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And this is just another, another addition to that, to yeah. the hard things you've done. Okay. Yep. Anna? I try to make little mini goals. Mm-hmm. Like, when I start feeling like I don't have anything left or it's too hard, I'm like, well, you can just 
Just go this much more. Keep it this pace for just just go to that tree. Okay, just go to that street sign. Just this is just one more Mad Men episode or whatever it is. <laughs> to like try just to fifty five minutes right. of John Hamm. I can do this. Right. John yeah. Hamm. So I try to just make little micro goals uh-huh. to keep me from stopping whatever yeah. it is I'm trying to do. Yeah, both both great, right? I think both of those work. And again, it just it reflects that I think we all of these are skills that we can learn, and people do different things, mm-hmm. uh, but they're both positive. Right, and they both keep you moving forward. Right, I like both of them a lot. Right, that because Monica, what you're talking about is you're connecting to a sense of strength. Yes. Right. Uh, let me remember how strong I am. Mm-hmm. Here are all the memories of that, and this is just another piece of that. Mm-hmm. And then for Anna, that idea of like, look, that uh, there's a stoplight ahead. I'm just going to get there, and then you reappraise where you're going to next. Mm-hmm. The more you can focus on something, um, it, and it doesn't even necessarily matter what it is that's away from the discomfort and away from the, the cognitive appraisal about the discomfort, the more likely you are gonna to be to keep moving forward. And both of those things are key, right? Something in the environment or something that reminds you about how strong you are. Those yep. things are, are awesome. So are we really trying to like get out of our bodies? Like my, my lower back, it's killing me. My hamstring is killing me. I'm, I'm not thinking about that anymore. I'm thinking about the fact that I changed career six years ago or the fact mm-hmm. that my son is gonna be waiting for me in a mile. Mm-hmm. Um, or is it even just, um, I'm just thinking out loud, but like, okay, my hamstring hurts. So I'm going to think about how strong my core feels or something, yeah. or is that, yeah, can totally, you do that? Absolutely. I don't know. Any, you know, anything that shifts you away from blowing up in your mind, the discomfort is going to help you. Okay. And the more it can be about something that, that reminds you about being strong mm-hmm. or something in the environment that you're trying to chase yeah. really, really helps. Right. Okay. So those things are good. There, there's also like some really silly things that people can do that, that I like. So one is I, you know, I'll tell people I want you if it if it's really uncomfortable, I want you to imagine that there's a tiger behind that stop sign in front of you, and I want to I want you to pretend like that's a life or death situation. What are you gonna do? Because no matter how much pain you're in, if there's a real tiger there, you're gonna find something in you to, to get your ass moving. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No doubt about it. Right. And then the other thing um, that I like to think about is to try to lead with your heart. Right, so if you can connect to your heart with something in front of you, whether it's another racer or it's something in the environment, and to pretend like you're being tow roped into that, right, that it's dragging you into it, it's gonna channel again that deep focus. You're gonna like dial right into how you feel and you're gonna work on getting there, right? So those two things can be little playful ideas that, that help people. And again, anything to get you out of your head when you're focusing on discomfort is going to be um, there for you to be successful. That's awesome. Wonderful. So, so do you guys have any questions for Justin before we uh, wrap up? Anything? I'm afraid to get too much more information in my head. I want to hear all this stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, now it's like stop thinking and go run. Right, right. Like, right. Yeah. But the good cool. news is now you've got, you got some, some tools. Yeah, some tools mm-hmm. and some easy runs probably coming up. Maybe with some little hard bits of effort, and that way you can mm-hmm. practice being. You know, I'm a runner. I'm capable. All those things, but then you have time to digest all this, right? right. And and go in and, and feel like you can own your race both physically and mentally. I think that that is so important because I think sometimes we just leave our brain off to the side, and you forget about how much it plays a part in a race, right? Um, so, well, that's good. Well, it's also knowing that like it doesn't make you weak or lesser to have those negative thoughts and those moments of self-doubt. It's normal. Oh, everybody so has them. Right, but then those moments when you're having them, that, that just reinforces, like, no one else is thinking this is just me, and you just go down that rabbit hole. And remember, everyone else is kind of fighting the same battle that you are. You're not lesser in any way, and we just, whatever it takes to get out from underneath the, that, that, that negative self-talk, that's going to be really what 
yeah. propels you. Mm-hmm. Well, and then the other thing, this is kind of zooming out because I want to talk to Justin just for a minute as we close up about these these webinars that we're going to have on the Train Like a Mother Club because um, I think sometimes think of people think about high performance or sports psychology as something that Olympic athletes need or NFL players at the end of their career or, you know, not somebody like myself who, you know, wants to break five hours in a marathon or somebody who is doing their first Olympic distance triathlon and is scared of swimming. I mean, so let's talk about kind of the range of athletes that you work with usually Mm -hmm. and, and what, you know, especially people like ourselves who, you know, we've talked about how we're so busy and, you know, it's the workouts are not necessarily always the focus of our lives to someone like you. Mm-hmm. How do you play a role in our lives? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I mean, the, the first thing I always think about is that, you know, if you have a mind, you qualify, right? Because <laughs> all right, so that's <laughs> five out of seven right? days of the week. From yeah, here. Right? <laughs> so, but I, I really do believe that because, uh, you know, this people entering into the world of athletics, the, the mental game is there for all of us. And it doesn't matter. The 99.9% of us, get zero compensation for doing this. We don't do this for money or to pay the bills or to pay our mortgage. We do this because we like chasing down goals and we like how we feel and we're in that environment. And so the the majority of people that I work with are like everyday people like us, right? Who just love uh, pursuing this stuff and, and want to improve and want to get through the mental barriers. So, um, you know, in this office, I see all kinds of people, everyday athletes. I do see some professionals and elites as well. Um, and they're, they do the same things that we do here, right? It's all the same type of work. They're just going way faster than we are, yeah. right? But it's the same exact structure, a yeah, very similar structure. Yeah. Everything that we talk about is what they experience, sure. right? You hear people in the Olympic trials like who are crushing it, running like a 2-hour, two, two 15-minute marathon, which is unfathomable. They have the exact same problems that we have at, you know, at mile 20, sure. and it's, it's all the mental game, right? So what I talk about with them is what I talk about with you. Not holding back. Not holding back, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so, so what is your goal with them? I mean, with the, with these webinars. I mean, having yeah. these high performances, high bammer, high performance training webinars. What what do you want to bring to the mother runner masses? Yeah, I think uh, it's a great question. I you know my goal I think in working with with anybody is to help them understand and reach their potential, right? To understand their barriers to work through those barriers and to be the, the best athlete, the best person that they can be. And that comes from like self-awareness and insight and then having some structured skills that they can, they can work on in order to realize their potential. So that's what I love most is seeing that those lights click for people and being able to make those connections and then go out and, and realize those potentials. That's awesome. I well, I got for me, I want whenever I'm talking to somebody and I promise I'll, I'll, I'll stop talking. Um, I, whenever I'm working with anybody and um, I'm accused of being like over brilliant or too much of a cheerleader or like you just, I don't see what it is you see or you think I'm almost being ridiculously too positive about you and your potential. Justin, a couple of sessions with him and you will see what I see. And that's really the most important thing. So. Mm-hmm. Over, yeah, you're being accused of being over brilliant? Okay. <laughs> I know, it's crazy, right? <laughs> I don't know where that's coming from. At no, the same time, I don't make stuff up. Like I don't have to make up reasons to find like like why I think this is going to finally happen for the two of you or like why you've been there all this time I don't have to like try hard or dig deep to believe in people and I'm always but what's interesting is people have to dig deep to believe in themselves yes so true and And I usually don't have the tools it's so hard to do that and like I think we're all our own worst enemy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I mean you talked about self-sabotage right or you talked about self-sabotage yeah I mean that's a word that I come to a lot as I think in a lot of these reports have come in on in the traditional challenges as well as the um the heart rate ones this fall and everybody you know 
has had great races. You know, there's been some really great races, but then there's been some people who have said, I gave up. I gave, I gave up on myself. I gave up mile 22. I just didn't want to do it anymore. My mind is my problem. My mind is my barrier. And this is what we want to do is we want to help you not give up on yourself. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Right. And so we're going to do them in small groups. Um, you know, four people max, probably three. Um, we will have them up for sign up and all the information stuff will be right after the new year. We're going to kind of get, give people a chance to, um, to digest their turkey, right? And get rid of their Christmas trees and all that. Um, but then we'll start doing them um, at the end of January. And like I said, we're going we're gonna to kind of do them in um, three, in kind of a trio, a package, Trio package? Would you trio call it package. a trio yeah. package? Yeah, I mean, I think small groups, uh, three to four people, work really, really well. Yes, because we can, you know, really talk about individual things that are going on, but yet it doesn't have to be like unbearing your soul, which I think some people can be afraid of. Sure. In terms of this, and there's some momentum, right? Like there's yeah. some laughter. There's some, you know, I all of a sudden like, oh yeah, I am anxious on the starting line. I'm more like Monica <laughs> than Anna. Like I'd rather be in the corner of the corral and have everyone leave me alone then be like, oh, yay, party, you know? Like So um, so anyway, and the trio, going back to that, you, you're right, small groups, meaning three or four, but then motivation, we're going to first hit motivation and mm -hmm. sticking with the plan because, again, coming up on the Facebook page a lot, uh, I did 70% of the things. I skipped, you know, these three runs. I, you know, and not that you have to nail every run, but... But it's hard. It's hard to stay motivated, especially in the middle of a cycle. So motivation and setting appropriate goals for yourself. The second one, mental toughness, where we're going to, when the cycles, the training cycles get tough on any plan, how to practice mentally hanging in there and, and building the skills that you're going to use on your race day. And then finally, the third one is going to be about what we kind of condensed today, race day prep and then race day execution. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, I think that's a great format. Awesome. Yeah. That was me clapping because I'm excited and I'm going to get some serious <laughs> mental skills going forward. So thanks you all for, for bearing your souls. Thanks, Justin and MK for, for being here and Justin for helping us and talking us through this. And um, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Right? All I heard, I haven't heard anything since you said I had to get rid of my Christmas tree by the end of January. Pressure. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, you still here? You still with Alex and me? Did you hang on? Um, so anyway, so now if you're really, you know, looking for your, you're feeling the AMR love, why don't you head on over to the Mother Runner store where we debuted some amazing small business Saturday and holiday specials, $30, um, get you one of three shirts and a sweaty band that's usually a $40 cost and we marked them down to 30 and oh I debuted a new shirt um it has this uh, mother runner running on it and says like a mother and it's a um, nice tech long sleeve shirt that I know I specifically designed to go with a lot of my sock and bullet capris um because if you design the stuff you can make it go with your own stuff so um anyway um I will just stop blathering on but head on over to the mother runner store please and do loads of holiday shopping for all the favorite mother runners in your life or maybe send some suggestions to the people who are buying for you and uh this holiday weekend and beyond many happy miles to you happy Thanksgiving, sir. oh to you too as well alex <laughs> 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 <laughs>